What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. Isn't it a fun Friday, Kalal? And we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis presented by ourselves. Adam, how's it going, sir? Did we lose our damn dog walking sponsor? Just now? I can do the dog walking sponsor. What, what's your code? I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, I'm, I'm inundated now with beast walkers. Okay, though. so you don't I'm need the beast the walker with beasts. I yeah. gotcha. I will do. I'm gonna do a promo thing next week for the holidays, though. Yeah. Um, but I think like if this week was any indication, next week will also be a uh, not a pain in the ass, but I was it was just nonstop. Business like, is booming. Like seven to eight walks a day. Um, multiple dogs in the walk. Sometimes I'm very tired. It's gonna be a loopy show for me. That's good. Um, yeah. Which I can't really complain because I know, you know, you got the baby and uh, I'm sure that keeps you up all hours. But, man, I am I am beat. I'm walking like 23,000 steps a day. We're going over in the car. It's like 21, 23,000, 22,000. I'm one that fully believes that you're allowed to complain, like, if that's how you're feeling. I sure. hate I hate people that are like, you think you're tired? Let me tell you how tired I am. Or the same thing when people do that with being busy. Mm-hmm. That's just obnoxious. Sure. Let's not be like that, people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you're if you're busy, you're busy. If you're tired, you're tired. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's not a, it's not a it's not a competition. Yeah. I mean, sports. That's a competition. Greg. That's a competition. What we deal with day in and day out on this podcast. That's competition. That's where it matters. Yes. That's but, all that you matters. Know, who's busiest? Who's most tired? You know, just live your life. Yeah. Same up. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. I feel pretty good. I, I'm in a new corner over here. Yeah, this is weird. Um, you got to turn your head a little. Funny. I got to turn my head a little. I used to be able to look right at you. Now I got to look to the side. Well, I decided, you know, that's my. I work out of that chair, so I don't want to be in a work mindset. Oh, with oh, this podcast. oh I, you work. I thought you said you work out in that chair, like you're just sitting there doing curls no, or something. I, I do. Do work, work actual work work. Got so it. I figure sit on my pot the the futon slash my bed. Sure. And uh, be a fun little Friday podcast, Grant. Yeah. Let's get into some All Atlanta right, sports. Let's, let's do it. Um, we're going to start by talking about these Falcons, Adam. A game that we watched together on Sunday. Uh, was was a pretty, probably the most miserable Falcons win I've ever been a part of. Maybe. I don't know, man. The Bucks won this year with the Desmond Ritter fumble. That was a pretty miserable win, too. There have been a lot of miserable wins for this Falcons team. Do you know, Adam, that the Falcons are the only team uh, in the NFL this year that has not scored 30 points in a game. Wow, I did not know that. Even the Squealers, who have like the worst offense in the world, even the Patriots, they have they have scored 30 points. You call them the Squealers on purpose? Yes. Okay. That's uh, what uh, Ravens fans call the Steelers. Gotcha. Sometimes. Panthers, 30 points? Yes. I think we're the, yeah, I believe we're the only one. Yeah, it, it's wild. I mean, last year we, you know, put up, I feel like, plenty of 30-point games. We would lose. I don't think we scored that. No, I don't think we had that many thirty-point games I'm last year. Just remembering, I, I, it was a lot like this year where we, you know, we won. It was like 2016-23-16 because you know we go back to it again. It's just it comes back to quarterback Adam, and that was in full effect and uh, against the New York Jets. Falcons win thirteen to eight in a soaked, rain-soaked, rain-pilloried. Uh, MetLife Field, MetLife Stadium, um, where the Falcons escape by the skin of their chinny-chin-chin, 13-8. Ritter, 12-27, 121 yards and a touchdown. Um, no one really got anything going offensively. Bijan, 18 for 53, only an average only 2.9 yards per carry. Uh, Patterson and Algier didn't fare much better. Kyle Pitts was their leading receiver, Adam. Four catches for 51 yards, but Drake London was completely sauce by Sauce Gardner. 
covered up one catch for eight yards. Um, Bijan at three for 26. But yeah, the offense didn't do much. Michael Pruitt had the lone touchdown, which was actually a nice, a nice play. That was a good drive. Like, that there's was a good always drive. that one drive where everything just looks amazing. Yes. But then it never stays like no, that. No, we, we have no consistency. But the defense, Adam, the defense stepped up big time. Bud Dupree, two sacks. Um, let's see who else had a sack. Abiquete had a sack. That's like four sacks. Richie like Grant had a sack. Four or five games for Abiquete. Yeah, four four sacks overall for the team, which is great. Abiquete, I think, has five sacks in his last seven games. So he's he's really starting to pick it up. And we're seeing some more consistent production from him, which is very encouraging. As you all know, we've been missing an edge rusher since John Abraham. Um, I don't count that Vic Beasley year. That was an anomaly. A consistent edge rusher. Can Ebiketti become that? Don't know, but I'm seeing a hell of a lot more this season than I was last season. Not just uh, in terms of the sacks are actually happening, but actually I'm seeing him get to the quarterback. Even when he's not getting the sack, I'm seeing him get some pressure for the last like six weeks or so. Especially when I went to that Saints game, I was like, son of a bitch. This guy's like in the backfield getting a lot of hurries on the quarterback. This is This is really encouraging to see. Yeah, I mean, we knew that this game was going to be ugly. And being in New York with the rain only made it worse. I mean, that we were talking about this a little bit while we were watching the game. Like, it felt like we this is a game that we should dominate. But then, like, why? Like, we're, we're only one win better than the Jets coming into this game. They do have a very good defense, as we saw. So, at the end of the day, I'm just happy we got the win. You know, get out of New York, tail between your legs a little bit. But we got it done. Um, yeah, defense was phenomenal. Good to see them stepping back up after being down for a few weeks in a row going into the bye. So here we are once again. Well, like four or five games left. Just hoping that Arthur Smith can put it together with a somewhat consistent offense to kind of close it out. Because we are in first place. We do control our own destiny at this point. And... And I think it's five games left, three in division. Those are the yeah. only games that matter. Yeah. You win those games, it doesn't matter what you do against the Colts no. and whoever the hell else we play. Can't remember off the There's top of There's someone else. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Um, but it doesn't matter. But it like, doesn't matter. Yeah, if, exactly. if, we, if we win this week against the Bucks, I think right now. This is the biggest game of the year for sure. Right now our playoff odds are like 60%. If we win mm-hmm. it, they jump to like 85. If we lose, it goes down to 35. Yeah. So it, it, it's a big game. Yeah. Uh, but we're going into it with a lot of injuries, Graham. Yeah, I lost a lot of guys. Lost Terrell uh, with a concussion. He's officially out for the week. Uh, Nate Lamon also came out of the game. I'm not sure if he's going to suit up. Okuda's also injured. Not sure if he's going to suit up. Um, McGarry got hurt. Not sure if he's going to suit up for this game either. Anya Meta. Anya Meta's banged up again. I mean, these are all critical pieces. This isn't like, oh, Michael Pruitt's injured. And Michael Pruitt's the guy catching touchdowns now, you know, but it's like. Uh, is guys you really can't afford to lose, uh, particularly with Mike Evans coming into town, Adam. We know how brutal he is against the uh, the Falcons. Um, there's actually some unbelievable stats that um, who was it? Josh Kendall from the Athletic pulled out from uh, about Mike Evans. I'm going to pull that up in a second, but suffice it to say, uh, while it's coming up, Mike Evans owns our asses. Um, and if you don't have Terrell or Okuda, we know we don't have Terrell, but especially if you don't have Okuda, and we got to rely on Clark Phillips. The third, who you know, came in and did an admirable job, um, but hey, Garrett Wilson ain't uh, Mike Evans. Garrett Wilson's pretty damn good, and don't. But Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. Don't overlook what Clark Phillips did. Like, this no, is, I'm not. This was our what third or fourth round pick this year. But you uh, don't want him going up against Evans alone. 
No, but like he could be a guy that could show up. Like we knew this guy was good coming out of college. He was not getting the looks to be anything but a slot corner until this game. And, you know, his whole college career, he's an outside corner. And I think he's just overlooked because he's short. But like, you know, he's a baller. And like he really, really showed out against the Jets this week. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's also the quarterback play. Like Baker Mayfield's a hell of a lot better than. Yes, Tim Boyle or Simeon. Tim Boyle, who got cut after losing That's to hilarious. us. That's hilarious. And then Simeon, who I was scared was going to win the game for them. I feel like if Zach Wilson plays that game, we might lose. We might lose, yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson, I think, is much better than either one of those guys. But it was it was really funny when they kept cutting to like him and Rodgers on the sideline. Just kind of like uh, you know, Rodgers is kind of – I could tell he was sort of like, hey, they, Zach, you think, they think it's your, you're the problem. Like it's, it ends and starts with you. It clearly isn't. Yeah. You know? Not to say Zach Wilson's good, but he's probably better than those other two guys. But the the depth is starting to become a concern for sure. Like Landman was already our backup linebacker now, and he's been and making outstanding. Like we've been great about Landman, yeah, yeah. But now it's down to like Antoine Smith, who was like a seventh round pick a few years ago, yeah. and like you could like you don't have to be like a real defensive minded like football fan to see Antoine Smith was standing out as trash on the field. Mm-hmm. So I'm really worried about that. Yeah, and you got a lot of weapons. Maybe you, know. you can scheme different defenses with more but we're so mm-hmm. light on cornerbacks too. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's a scary game because, you know, we talked about Evans. So these are these Evans stats I was saying I was talking about. In seventeen career games against the Falcons, he's never been held below forty six yards. Thirteen times he's gone over sixty. Four times he's gone over a hundred. And um this is his 10th consecutive 1,000-yard receiving season. I mean, this is one of the great receivers of our, uh, in the, you know, in the last 15, 20 years. He's an excellent talent. You got him, Godwin, Chris Godwin's still around. He's not playing as well this year, but he's still a weapon. Kate Otten, their tight end, is very good as well. Rashad White is a threat um, on the ground and uh, in the passing game. So they, they have weapons in Tampa Bay. And Baker Mayfield isn't great, but he's no slouch. Uh, so it's... This is this is uh, you know we're going into this game in first place, um, but we're going into it poten- you know missing a lot of key guys like Terrell and Grady and potentially missing other key guys like Anya Meta and other folks we mentioned and Akuda and Landman. So it's like and then you have those guys coming in town these great offensive weapons. It's it's a scary prospect for especially against a team. This is starting to feel to me like it could be a potential shootout kind of game, and the Falcons don't have the offensive firepower unfortunately to contend. If it is a shootout, in my opinion. Well, it's got to be the time the offense steps up, right? Like, defense has carried them to a lot of these wins that we do have. Yeah. Because we got so so many wins early in the season when the defense was lights out as well. So, it's time. I, I, I did see a lot coming up this week, which is a very valid point that I kind of feel gets overlooked, is Pitts is probably just not fully healthy recovering from that mcl strain oh it's clear that he isn't he um you see you saw the way he moved in that game yeah he he was ranked as like amongst like all tight ends for like amount of separation like last in the league yeah he's still making some catches he's still making some catches but right i mean we talked about this a few weeks ago how like it feels like no one on this falcons team gets a lot of separation they catch the ball they get tackled immediately there's no yak yards after catch um and i you know that's (laughs) obviously backs it up yeah so I mean, that's like really the only thing with Pitts is like, well, maybe he comes back next year and is a stud when he's fully healthy, but it's what, year four at that point? Year yeah, it'd be five? year four, yeah. Who cares? Uh, I think he might have something going on where it's um, there's a lack of confidence in the knee after the MCL surgery. 
he's it's either that or he's still banged up or a combination of both because yeah you just don't see you don't see the burst you don't see the speed you don't see he looks very timid out there when he runs a route when when he uh, catches the ball it's like oh my god I actually caught the ball that's that's how it feels he still has great talent great hands um, and his route running ability should be better than it is but it's like um, he doesn't inspire anything in me honestly he's he's a he's an absolute bust at the end of the day. I mean, I think some of that also goes back to the quarterbacks that he's had to play with other than Matt Ryan. Well, I, I, I think the coaching. The coaching's well. not so great either. But he, What's your take on this, Graham? Mm. We've seen what Brock Purdy, you know, a seventh-round pick, has become in San Francisco under yep. Kyle Shanahan. Right. And their quarterback coach. A, do you think Brock Purdy is that in Atlanta? Uh, no. Because one, Arthur Smith ain't Kyle Shanahan. He can't even hold his jock strap. Two, you know, San Francisco has a deep offensive staff, and they actually, like, we talked about this. The Falcons don't have a quarterback coach. They don't have a guy that is really coaching up. You know, like, Matt LaFleur was the coach, the quarterback coach for the Falcons, um, who's now the Packers head coach, right? The, the Shanahan disciple. There's no way that Brock Purdy's as good. I think he's much better than Desmond Ritter, talent-wise, based off what I've seen in San Francisco. Well, here's the flip question. Okay. What do you think Desmond Ritter is in San Francisco? He's better, but he's not, he's still not very good. You don't think he'd be as good as Brock Purdy? No, no fucking chance. He's, Why not? The, the inaccuracy from Ritter um, is absurd. Brock yeah. Purdy has had he's had like two perfect quarterback rating games this year. His passes— You don't think that's a design of scheme and the personnel? I, yeah, there's got to be something. Obviously, that plays into it, but you just with, with Purdy, you just see— much more accurate thrower. Um, and I think that's, or accurate passer, I guess is a better way to put it. Same thing. But to me, like, I've, I've watched a number of 49ers games with Purdy. The talent is just ridiculous for him. I get what you're saying. I don't think uh, Ritter would be doing as well as Purdy out in San Francisco based off just what I've seen. When they're, like, dropping back in the pocket, we've talked about this with Ritter a million times, doesn't step up well, looks down receivers. These are things that Purdy doesn't do. Purdy coaching. does step up in the pocket. He doesn't look down his receiver. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Coaching, coaching, like, coaching. I, I, I think just the fact that he was Mr. Irrelevant shows that, like, you know, a lot of every single team in the league took seven looks at him and said no. And it shows, like, maybe that talent, he wasn't that. Did you watch him in college? No. I didn't know who he was. Exactly. So yeah. I, um, I, I think coaching goes so much into this. And that's, that's what, sure. you know, we're a first place team. That's. Fine and dandy. And the worst division maybe in the history of football. Yeah, the schedule's been so weak. Soft. We're the best of the worst right now. I still want to get to the playoffs, but I just don't have a lot of confidence in the future until... I don't either. I just see some sort of sustainability. I mean, another thing about Ritter... Oh, another... Yeah, and also it's funny. It's like, you know, Brady was taking the sixth round. Greatest quarterback ever. It's just... It's crazy how that works out. Um, You you got to land in the right situation. Yes, you got to land in the right situation. Because it's clear, like, if you're drafted in the NFL... Hell, there's been some great undraft. Like Jake DeLome was undrafted, uh, you know, quarterback for the Panthers for years. He was he was great, but I mean, it just comes back to like you know, if you are eligible to play in the NFL, you obviously have a shit ton of talent. Like, it's just about figuring out how to be consistent. And I think that's the one thing Purdy does over Ritter. He's so fucking consistent. And this was I'm stealing this piece from a conversation they were having on 680 The Fan. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota, his rookie year, number two overall pick. He was a 70, like, he looked amazing. Yeah, he, he was like, good. 70% like passer completion. Mm-hmm. And then Arthur Smith comes in, and he's dropping to like 50%. He's not, like, Arthur Smith can coach up a damn running back. You know, it, it's it's the opposite with, uh, what, what what's the running back? Um, 
Henry? Henry. Derrick Henry? Yeah. Henry wasn't that great his first few years until Arthur Smith got involved. That's interesting. Like Algier, I doubt Algier would be as good as he is now if Without it weren't for Arthur, Arthur Smith and his, his scheme. So, like, well, what if, about if you want a good running game, yes, Arthur Smith. But with the quarterbacks, I'm, I'm well, What concerned. about with Tannehill? Like, Tannehill didn't take off until Arthur Smith came there. Yeah, that's a different way to look at it. So it's, yeah. I think it's just a wide degree of variables that, that makes it hard to quantify in terms of what is the right alchemy to create greatness in the NFL or in general. Um, but it's an interesting conversation to have. It's just like you look at these different kinds of players and and w- what makes one guy better than the other. You know, why was somebody taken? You know, why is Purdy Mister Irrelevant? And you know, in the same draft, Mariota or not Mariota, uh, Ritter's taken in the third round. You know, it's just kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a weird, weird game on Sunday. I expect another really close game. The Falcons don't have, like the Bucks aren't good. Let's put it this way. They barely beat Tampa Bay last week. Um, the, or not Tampa the, the Bay, Bucks are, Tampa are Bay. from Tampa Sorry, Bay. Graham. The Panthers is what I meant to yeah. say. They barely beat the Panthers. I think it won by like three points. We know they have Evans. We know how good he is. We talked about the offensive weapons. The defense is good at stopping the, sort of good at stopping the run, but they haven't been amazing this year. They have good pieces like Vita Vea. Um, but you know, I expect you know Falcons to keep doing what they've done the last couple of weeks. You know, heavy, heavy emphasis on the ground game, and hopefully Ritter doesn't throw as many times as he did last week. Like it was ridiculous. He threw twenty seven times in the rain. Uh, I know the run game wasn't effective, but like I don't want Ritter to be throwing the ball that much. This At least week. he didn't make the he didn't have the big turnover this week. Well, he did have an interception. I got called back right. I thought on a flag. You might be right there. But. Yeah. You know, it doesn't count at the end of the day. We have the official official uh, injury report for you, Graham. Okay. We have ruled out Anya Mehta, LaCole London, who was a D-tackle, uh, Landman, and Caleb McGarry. Holy shit. Cornerback uh, Terrell, Akuda, Mike Hughes, and Drew Dahlman are questionable. Um, good news is sounds like Bucks are probably down Vita Vea and Devin White. That's big. Um, it's big not to have Vita Vea in there. That, that that should hopefully mean Bijan feasts this week. Let's hope some of those questionable guys play. Yeah. Um, speaking of Drew Dahlman, he's like the top-ranked center in the league right now. Is he? According to Pro Football Focus. That's hilarious. Yep. A lot of shit was talked about him over well, He's the such a bad years. snapper. I don't know how he's uh, he's got such a <laughs> high PFF blocker. rating. I guess. But, I mean, like, especially the shotgun, like his snaps go everywhere. Although it has been better since the bye. Um but yeah, I'm not I'm not scared of the Bucks, but you could easily see the Falcons losing this game. The Falcons it's got to be a shootout. The Falcons haven't won three games in a row this year. I don't remember the last time they won three games in a row. Probably in one of those seasons with Dan Quinn where we started out four and ten and then wound up seven and ten. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, or it didn't heard, matter. I heard our uh, starting quarterback, our quarterback Graham, talking about it today on the radio. Where you're right, you said this Sunday he's got a weird voice. He's got such a weird voice. Hearing his voice threw me off. Yeah, I was like, uh, where are you from? What's wrong with your voice? Yeah, a little Muppety. I I didn't recognize him on the radio, but yeah, he he was referencing how we have not, we've had one one other opportunity this year to win three in a row, and we did not do that. That is the goal this week, Graham, so that's good. We want to win. Yeah. First of all. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Second of all, he was referencing... uh, you know, past mistakes in the Bucks game, and he was like, like that time where I was running to the left and had the ball in my right arm. Right. So you yeah, know, like we've last learned game. from these yes. mistakes. And he did point out, like, that's not something like quarterbacks 
that doesn't get hammered into your brain like it does with like a running back or a receiver because quarterbacks are obviously focusing on other things. But it's there now, Graham. Ritter knows to move the ball to his left arm. That's great. And so, we, <laughs> we saw him do that. <laughs> Something you learn in Pop Warner football. I'm glad he knows that now at the NFL yeah. level. Um, but, you know, that's that's something to take into account. Like, we had three red zone turnovers in that Tampa Bay game, the first one. So it's like, you know, if we don't have that, we we clean their clock. Uh, and it's not 16 to 13. However, it's just things are different now. It's like, you know, Bijan didn't really play in that game. That was a game where he got, like, two carries. You know, now Bijan's being unleashed. Thank Christ. Um, but you just wonder how things are going to shape, you know, shake out. And I don't – you say the offensive explosion needs to happen, but what evidence do you have that it can happen other than just a hope and a prayer that's pretty much it yeah yeah but you yeah and I, I, I think with Vita Vea out maybe we can just run all over them that's what I'm hoping for like just 250 lean. plus rushing yards yeah get Ritter involved a lot in the running game yeah um, he's pretty good on those option plays when he actually makes the right read like like in the Arizona game where he came in for Heineke I was like okay yeah. this is this is what we need to I do mean, a little look, more we, we played a really good defense last week it was tough conditions. Like, we did enough. Like, that's all we needed to do. I don't think you can fully judge the offense based on that. But, like, this week in Mercedes-Benz, friendly confines, you know, somewhat injured defense for the Bucks. They got to show out. Pick up yeah. the defense. Yeah. Especially if, I mean, we got to have one or of Terrell or Akuda, but, you know, next man up mentality. That's the one good thing we've seen with this team is when there have been injuries, we've seen a – guy like a landman step in We've clark, seen phillips. clark phillips right. do that so let's hope and that's a good mentality you hope that's infectious for other guys yeah, that I mean, might need to step up he, he's always squawking in the offseason about you know every position's a battle any guy could take a job contracts don't matter all that coach talk let's see it happen this week yeah. antoine smith you know you're in man you look terrible last week i'm assuming you weren't ready to play probably not you've had a whole week to get ready you know, covering whoever the hell you have to over the middle. Just do better it's than you did be, last it's week. It's going to be Otten, man. I think Otten's the X factor in this game. Their tight, their tight end had zero receptions, zero targets last week for the first time. I'm and, aware because I started. Tight end. I dropped his ass immediately. I didn't. Didn't I tell you to start him over? Like, I mean, I wouldn't have won either way, <laughs> but I had some. It's poor the curse options. of me, man, with fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. Um, puts up fucking. You shouldn't have dropped him because I think he's going to have a big game this week. I have too many tight ends that are great. Okay, well that's a nice problem to have. Yep. Um, but I think he's next factor. Him, if you if you can like it's a it's a triumvirate to me between him, Mike Evans, and Rashad White. Those are the three guys you got to worry about the most on offense. If you can stop, hell, if Mike Evans kills you, Mike Evans kills you. Just keep him out of the end zone. I think that's a big thing with the Falcons, right? Like Kamara killed us in that Saints game on the ground and in the air. Chris Olave killed us. You know, in the air, 113 yards through three quarters, but we didn't let them score. As long like the Falcons are really good at not letting teams score touchdowns against like pretty much every position. It's hilarious. I was looking at it today. Kate Otten, or not Kate Otten, but the Falcons are 30th worst in the league in terms of giving up yards to tight ends, like second in terms of giving up touchdowns to tight ends. That's like kind of how they operate. Yeah. So as long as we had that bend, but don't break bullshit. Hopefully, you know, that can stay intact because that's that's what you're going to have to hope for against the, this this absolute, um, you know, offensive juggernaut that could potentially be Tampa Bay this week. You know, hopefully Mercedes-Benz is rocking. I think it will be. The fans should be ready. People, I'm telling you, going to that Saints game, I was like, all right, people are into this team again. 
I mean, and now tack on another win since that one. It should be there. Huge game. Should be a playoff atmosphere. Yeah. Let's get it done. Yeah. I'm, I'm not confident. Me neither. <laughs> but, you know, I think it could happen. I still think at one point this year, we need to win by like 15. I don't know if this is the game, but it'd be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. Feel but, comfortable in the fourth quarter. Right. Like, even when we won by nine against the Saints, it was like I didn't feel comfortable the whole time. No. Because, like, they were lining up to kick a field goal to, you know, if they had made it at the end, they would only be down by six. And they'd be like, all right, here comes the onside kick. Or maybe we give that up. And then, you know, some shenanigans happens. Like, it would be great to just fucking drop kick the Bucks and say this is our division. Start off strong. Like, great first half. Keep the pedal down. Yeah. Yeah. That would be excellent if that could happen. Uh, Vegas says it's only a two-and-a-half-point spread in favor of the Falcons, so it's pretty much pretty much a toss-up through the minds of uh, of the gamblers out there. So We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's your Falcons report. We'll take a little break and then talk about your Atlanta Braves. More hot stove talk. The Bahamas bender is uh, seems to be coming to a close for Anthopolis. I guess. What do you think? You think he's still on the bender with this trade that we're going to talk about, or you think he's coming out of it? Is this the is this the um, hangover part of the Bahama bender? Yeah, this is kind of like the Monday afternoon. Okay, I need to kind of get my shit together here and. You know, kind of start making sense again. Like at 4.30 p.m. on a Monday. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> You've been laying on the couch right. all day. It's like, oh, God, let's send an email out. Right. So this is uh, the email that Anthopolis sent out. He made a trade <laughs> for uh, Jared Kelnick from the Seattle Mariners. And um, who else we get? Marco Gonzalez and Evan White. And then we gave them Jackson Kowar, who was part of the Kyle Wright trade. And I'm Cole, glad we didn't fall too in love with Jackson Cole. Yeah, and then Cole Phillips. So this is kind of like a money dump for the Mariners, especially with Gonzalez's contract. I think the Braves moved on from Gonzalez or traded him or something else. Yeah, he was that. traded to the Pirates for a player to be named later. Right, everybody's favorite, and maybe some cash considerations as well. Um, I think we gave them cash. Oh, great. Yeah. But uh, so basically, for those that don't know, Kalnick is uh, left hand. Uh, sorry, he is left hander, but he also plays left field. He was having a really good season last year, and then he decided to, I don't know, kick a water cooler or something. He went postal during a game, but he was having a a really solid season before that. He was hit. He had 11 home runs in 90 games with a 7.59 OPS, and then broke his foot kicking the water cooler. So, and full context on the guy. So this was the centerpiece that the Mets traded to the Mariners a few years ago to get Edwin Diaz. So, like, this guy was a top-tier prospect Yeah, that, you know, just has had a slow start to his career. And then, yes, he did kick the water cooler, never really recovered. But, I mean, he's a five-tool player. Yeah, and he, you know, his first two years were, were trash. Uh, 181, 265, 350 slash line, 141, 221, 313. Um, negative wars for both those seasons. And they weren't full years, though. It was 93 games and 54, respectively. But in 2023, 253, 327 on base percentage and a 419 slugging percentage, 746 OPS, worth two war. So clearly he had made some strides. And also he's a young guy. That was only his third season last year. 
He's 24. So he, he profiles very similarly to Austin Riley his first few seasons where he couldn't hit a curveball, anything off speed to save his life. Fastball, he hit very well, just like Pedro Serrano. Mm-hmm. But curveball, no good. Um, so that's something that could evolve, you know, obviously. The, there's a ton of potential there. Like, this could be an yeah. absolute, like... Slam dunk. For him to come back to the NL East, play the Mets so many times. We get him, once again, for relatively cheap because Eight. we're willing to take on those contracts. Right, $800,000 next year. Evan White was a terrible contract as well. So this is us taking on money, not being cheap, and getting what could be an absolute steal of a player. Sure. So, you know, there's work to be done, but, you know, Seitzer has turned a lot of guys around. So it's like back to the coaching conversation from with the, from the Falcons. We've seen a lot of guys come here and get coached up to reach their actual potential, and the potential of this kid is vast. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, he is your starting left fielder. The dreams of uh, Jorge Soler probably coming over here are dashed with this, I would assume, because we still have Ozuna, and I don't think we're going to move on from him. Well, Adopolis um, has come out and said – well, A, like Vaughn Grissom is in Puerto Rico right now playing left field. Right. So the left field battle is now I guess it's going to happen. Between but the, was it Kel- Kelknick? Just Kelnick. Kelnick. Kelnick and Grissom. That's the left field battle. And you would think that it would be Kelnick. I mean, you're not going to make a trade like that unless you really think this guy can do something. Could be a platoon. Your favorite thing. I hate I platoons. just want a jam. I want a full-time left, I, I left fielder. It, but let's see what let's see what Vaughn Boy looks like out there as well. I uh, guess I I've, I really just would so much prefer to use Von Grissom in a, in a trade, especially now. Like, come on! Like, I know Dylan Cease is still out there. I know Anthopolis came out and said, you know, we were we've looked at a variety of starting pitching options. We looked at, um, you know, who who else was it? Lopez and a few other guys, and they were really high on on Kelnick, but. You know, other than that, he's saying there's no truth to any other rumors. There's been tons of stuff like John Morris. He's saying we're in on Shohei Otani and blah 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 blah. Um, but Anthopoulos know, has come out, and who knows if it's he's just you know putting a smokescreen up there. But he you know said in front of reporters that was our this is our plan, and it's still kind of evolving. But this is what we were doing: pitching Kalanick. There you have it. Yeah, I could still see us getting you know a free agent starter. I think I don't I don't want to hear the Graham rant come March if we haven't picked up another starter well but you know I, I might do it again because it's like we've lost two years in a row i know we can also point at the offense but it's just like why can't we go out and not figure out who you know get a full rotation and there have some depth and not just rely on Gwinnett guys i just don't understand well that's why we're letting the offseason play out right. see if we get another starting pitcher yeah let's hope so <laughs> we don't need to hear the same rant over the, but you understand the last why it ups- two years you understand why it upsets me I, I understand. Here. Okay, I understand. So I, I don't think Anthopolis is done. Like I still think we make a, a bigger splash in free agency. But uh, who that is, I don't know. I'm going to give up my Otani dreams. Yeah, there's no. I don't think there's a chance in hell. Dob wrote a very good article this week that like really made me feel stupid, and just put everything into perspective about like this isn't things we know. You know, Anthopolis has never made a big splash. Why would you? You know, segregate the rest of your team who is under these very team-friendly deals, and Cheap then like, deals. bring in it like 
Acuna is making what fifteen million this year. Seventeen and then million, which is crazy. Otani is going to be making fifty-two million dollars. Yeah. Ozzy is making seven million. Yeah, that's going like, to cause some issues in the clubhouse, Graham. Potentially. So I get that. That makes a lot of sense why you wouldn't want to do that. And you know, every off, single offense <laughs> wasn't our issue. We know this. Right. Otani might not ever pitch again. Yeah. And you're going to give him ten year contract at fifty million a year. It would be dumb. Yeah. I get it. Let the Mets make that mistake. Oh, no. He's not even in the running with the Mets. It oh, sounds like God. Toronto or the Toronto Dodgers. Toronto seems like uh, really, like apparently he's met with Toronto for like four or five hours the other day. That's fine with me. Get the. I do not want him to go to the Dodgers. I do not want him to go to the NLA. Toronto, that's a really good landing place for Braves fans. It's like, I mean, it's literally out of the country. Like, AL East, we hate. Out of the league. We hate the Yankees. We hate the Red Sox. So he's competing against those guys. Uh, that'd be ideal. I love yeah. that. Dodgers, I hate that. I hope the Dodgers doesn't happen. Don't don't want that Dave at all. Dave Roberts was out there squawking about how they had lunch with him and all this crazy stuff that you're not allowed to talk about free agents as like someone in that position. Well, especially Otani's camp doesn't want anything coming out. Yeah. You know? So, you know, Dave Roberts just needs to shut the fuck so up. Maybe that was Can a I go on a Dave Roberts rant for a little bit? I'm surprised you have a Dave Roberts rant, but well, sure. I just think he's... An overrated manager. We saw how he mismanaged, you know, in the 2021 NLCS where he brought in Urias for some reason to come in and, and relief and just gave up the lead in game uh, two, which was amazing. We saw he, mis- he mismanages every year with, the like, the best roster. Uh, just makes poor pitching decisions in the playoffs. He goes on these talk shows. Like, in 2022, he went on a talk show and said, we were going to win the World Series. That was in the first round, which was hilarious. Like, he is an overrated Manager, and I don't know how he hasn't won. And they've won a lot with, with him. Don't get me wrong; like the Dodgers are perennial contenders. But it's hilarious to me, like how high of an opinion he has for himself. And the only thing he's won is a you know twenty twenty bubble World Series. Like that's it. And I know they got screwed with the Astros right when the Astros cheated. But at the end of the day, everybody says Dodgers, 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 Dodgers. Dodgers have not won a full length season World Series since nineteen eighty eight. Fuck the Dodgers. And fuck Dave Roberts and his overconfident ass. Like, it's so annoying to me. Snicker doesn't go out in there and do stuff like that. I respect Snicker for being a humble, humble dude. I have my issues with Snit, but I do not have any issues with how he presents himself publicly. That's good, Graham. Yeah. I I agree with you. Dodgers still don't scare me unless they get Otani. Then I'm going to be a little scared. Yeah. Well, they'll get healthy again this year. They'll get Walker Bueller back. You know, Kershaw will probably come back. He was good until he got injured at the end of the season. So th- there'll be a threat. Obviously, Freddie and Mookie are great. But, yeah, I don't I – don't, got to figure out these Phillies, thing, these Phillies things first before we worry about L.A. Yep, that's um, our bigger issue. Yeah, it really is. Um, that's really it for the Braves, Adam, um, unless you have anything else you want to discuss. No, I'm, I'm excited about that deal. Yeah, Classic it's cool. Anthopolis deal. Like, yeah. you, per usual, you never know what he's actually doing behind the scenes. Like, no one could have speculated that move. Yeah. Like, remember I was saying, like, a few weeks ago, I was saying, expect the unexpected. You know, I was like, maybe he trades for a shortstop. I did not expect, you know, a trade for this guy. And the potential, I didn't really, like, I've heard the name before, but I never realized the potential. And, we're, like, good good info in terms of, like, the Evan Diaz trade and all that stuff. I had no idea about any of that. Yeah. it's. I mean, like, Frank, Frank the Tank Fleming, Barstool Sports, was, like, ranting about how he knows the Braves are going to win like five World Series with this guy being an MVP <laughs> just despite the mess. They are God's team! So you'll, you'll love that. I, like, I gotta look that I, up. I know if a deal's good or not if uh, Frank is upset. Right. 
So thank you, Frank, for yes, that. That's, that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, another thing with Anthopolis, I, I love how candid he's been in these interviews. It's like, you know, coming out of his bender, you're feeling pretty <laughs> blunt about life right. and how you got to approach things. Basically, <laughs> bender clarity. just calling all of us idiots for thinking we're going to get Otani. And he's like, we've only targeted one uh position player our offense is really good yeah we targeted the position player that i got right and uh you know yeah i i love i mean anthopolis is just a gem man we're we're yeah. very very fortunate to have this guy no, no overall and, he's been an like he's the only general manager's ever done what he's done he's found a way to be cheap but still maximize value like the contracts we we're talking about with albies with acuna with riley with harris strider even all of them Super undervalued, especially Ozzy. Ozzy, my a perennial four or five war player, is getting paid seven million dollars a year. How the hell do you pull that off? Well, you know what it is, Graham. It's like the one of the contracts. Who's the third person we got in this trade? Evan White. Yeah, Evan White. So, like, he has a bad contract and he's done absolutely nothing. And it's because the Mariners did to Evan White what we have done to like Strider and a lot of these guys that come up and like we see the talent and we're paying for them now. So Evan White jumped on that as a, like a prospect. And it didn't work out. Like he sucks. Sure. Um, so like that—that's that, the other side of it, and that's right. wh- that's why you know Evan White jumped all over a deal like that because he's like, this is generational changing money. I don't need five hundred million dollars seven years down the road when maybe it's not going to work out. Maybe I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. So like that's the risk. Right. Like it hasn't backfired on us yet. Could one of these times, but so far it's going so far, great. So good. And Anthopolis yeah. came out and said that. These guys that we have to these contracts, like our core, we're not trading any of them. So yeah. all the dumb speculation that you and I had about trading Ozzy that I thought was so smart. At well, the I mean, time. it could be, it could be, it could be smart just because Anthopolus isn't doing it. Doesn't that's mean true. It that's be true. Smart. I, I can't. Yeah. Always assume I, Anthopolus knows he's best. not right every time. But he just like put that to bed yeah. and said these guys are with us. And Snicker was like, "That's my GM, man. I love that. Yeah, because that that's just good for the clubhouse. Good yeah. for the guys to just right. just come out there and say we're, we're here. Yeah, this is our core. We still believe in you, despite." the Phillies beating us the last two years. Right. Yeah. And you know what? You never know. I'm really interested to see how this kid comes in here and, and gels. You know, this is not like we're making a trade for an old guy. You know, like I said, he's 24 years old. And the potential is all there. This is only his fourth season. Second full, uh, you know, second full season in baseball, in Major League Baseball. So, you know, it's exciting. He's got all the potential in the world, it sounds like. So... Yeah, there's your Braves report. Adam and I really don't want to talk about the Hawks. Skip it. Yeah, so I think we're going to skip that this week. They're still the Hawks, you know. Around 500. Around 500, losing, you know, giving up way too many points and losing games they probably shouldn't. Um, yeah, there's no reason to just beat a dead horse at this point. We'll, we'll, we'll check in with them next week a little more in depth, but. 2024. 2024? No Hawks talk till 2024? Yeah. Okay. Well. Adam has spoken, and we got Falcons. Like the right. meat of our episodes are going to be Falcons, right? Like this is the closest we've been to the playoffs since twenty seventeen. I can remember the twenty seventeen twenty eighteen season, right? So yeah. let's you know we'll we're going to give you the best coverage we can. Yeah, on that sounds good. All right, that's it. Much shorter episode this week. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality sip. Hospitality sip. Hospitality sip.